Hello and welcome to the Too Fat to Play podcast. I am your host, Austin. With me as always will be my co-host and best friend, Ryan. What's going on, guys? Tonight we're just going to do a little bit of an introductory episode, just kind of getting to know us, what we're about, and uh, where we where we hope to go with this. Um, I'll start off. My name's Austin. I'm 26, diehard, lifelong Chiefs fan. I've uh, been through the ups and downs. I've, I've seen seen Trent Green play, I've seen Patrick Mahomes play, and then I watched the Chiefs go through four quarterbacks in about a year and a half with Todd Haley as the head coach. So to say we've been through the ringer, we've been through the ringer. Um, I remember a 1-15 season where our one win happened to be against the 13-0 Green Bay Packers. Still don't understand that victory, but hey, here we are. We're living the life. Now we've got the best quarterback in the league. Now we've got a receiving core, I think, that's going to be solid. We've got the best tight end in the league. We've got one of the best offensive lines in the league. And we've got a defense that, if I have to be completely honest, is a little suspect. I uh, don't know where that's going to go. But, hey, it's what it is. Ready for a good season of winning football again. Um, we are more than happy that you guys have decided to join us. Uh, this is a little bit of a love interest for us. We, we take football seriously, and we... We make it part of our family rituals. Sundays are our days. We sit around two, three, four, five TVs. Every one of them's on football. We've got red zone going. We've got every game going. Both of us are big football fans, let alone our individual teams. We both have a love for the game. You'll hear us say it week in and week out. Our, the best thing about sun, Sundays is watching good football players make good football plays. It is what the essence of this podcast is. We just want to be able to watch guys that can go out, make great plays, make those great plays, and be who they are on and off the field. It's it's the what it's the driving force. It's who we really want to be around. It's it's what right. we what we hope to kind of ingratiate ourselves into as we go along here. Um, I'll go ahead and have Ryan introduce himself. Uh, like Austin said, my name's Ryan, uh, 27. I'm a huge 49ers fan uh, for most of my life. Small part there, I was a Steelers fan back in elementary school. A uh, huge Big Ben guy uh, when he came out in the in the draft. Not sure why or what exactly tripped that. Always loved Big Ben. Um, never really got away from that. Just kind of came back to my roots, if you will originally from northern california my parents moved out here in 2003 my dad's always been a huge 49ers fan um so i kind of grew up in that lifestyle um bleeding the red and gold not necessarily the uh red and yellow like they do out here in the midwest the right um, colors we we can discuss that at another time um so i mean my my love for football i mean I, it definitely came from watching with my dad um like I said, Sundays we would watch NFL games growing up. Um, being out here, we didn't get to watch very many 49ers games, so I really had to start watching other teams. I started gaining a lot of respect for different players um, from a little bit younger age, and I really started getting into it within the last five, six years or so. It just kind of grew uh, to almost an obsession that – I'm not too terribly uh, upset to have right now. It definitely brings me closer to some of my friends um, than others. I, I love the game, love watching football. I, I've seen it all. I've seen the my team 
lose the Super Bowl after a power outage and fire that head coach two years later um, to going through three head coaches with God knows how many quarterbacks. We started Blaine Gabbert at one time. Let, let, let's just remember we started Blaine Gabbert at one point in time. Another guy, Sean Hill. Um, we're located here in southeast Kansas. He went to high school like 45 minutes south of here. So we, we've started some guys. I've seen it all. This isn't a, oh, the Niners have been good the last few years. Austin, I know as a Chiefs fan, sometimes you hear it too. You're, you're being a homer. You're a Fairweather fan. Um, we're here for the love of the game. We've seen and we've watched and rooted for our teams through both thick and thin. We just want to bring good football content. We're not here to root for our team. Obviously, that's going to happen. Um, not going to try to be overly homer <laughs> by any means while we're trying to discuss football. It, it's going to happen. We like to try and call each other out on it if it's not warranted. If, if for some reason you don't feel it is, reach out to us. We like to hear it. Um, I've got a Twitter. Austin's got a Twitter. We also have an email. You can reach out to us. Uh, email is going to be too fat to play podcast at gmail.com. My Twitter handle is too fat to play Ryan. Um, Austin's is going to be too fat to play Austin. Guys, we are uh, we're, we're excited to go on this trip. We hope you go on this ride with us. As always, if you like us, share us. If you don't like us, give us another try next week. If you don't like it, then we'll both forget it ever happened. Um, we, we don't really have too much to go on this week. Uh, it is, it is cut down day. So we do have some cuts that I think we both want to talk about a couple. Uh, I know there's, there's definitely a trade that we both, yeah, we both have found on this one trade. We, uh, well, there's two actually two that we, one on each side of the ball that really stood out. Yeah. And, uh, so we're, we're, we're interested to see where this goes and how far we can go with it. Um, but with that, let's get into some of the news of the day. We've got some we've got some pretty surprising cuts, I yeah, think. What was be. the cut that stood out most to you today? Um I, I thought I really thought it was gonna be Tony Tony Jefferson getting cut by the Ravens. Right. I I really thought that that's where it was huge. gonna be. But I, I think the biggest cut of the day you have to look to Las Vegas. They just cut their twenty twenty one number seventeen overall pick. And everybody said when he when they drafted Leatherwood that he was probably a reach. Right. But to be drafted in the first round and cut a year later. Yeah. Fifteen months later. He's you know, and and they fielded trade offers for him. Thirty one teams said no. Right. Um, so it's it obviously I I don't think anybody claims him on waivers. Nobody's picking up him at that salary. Um, right, most definitely not. But it'll be interesting. There's, there's He's obviously end up on a team this year. Yeah, there's there's teams that have holes on the offensive line, and I mean, at very worst, he's a draftable guy. So he's he might not be your starting guy, but right. if if you've got three good guards on your team and you need that fourth guard, just so you feel yeah, like move hey, him from the tackle position. Well, I mean, to the, Vegas played him at guard last year. I thought he was their uh, no, right tackle. No, no, he was their he, guard. He, okay, he, they played that him was... at guard because he he never he could never get outside to play tackle. He 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 never seemed to be able to get the leverage point. And but I for me personally, that's probably the biggest cut. Um, outside of that, I think the one that stood out most to me. 
um, was a guy. He didn't necessarily have a breakout season last year. He was a very serviceable running back, um, especially on third downs and in the red zone. Uh, Marlon Mack getting cut today by um, the Houston Texans after a very strong season in a in a pretty loaded backfield last year in Indianapolis. Getting, I mean, just cut out of nowhere. He wasn't even waived. I think he was just full-on cut yeah, from the team. There's um, actually a couple of running backs that, you know, back, if, if you look back into the not-too-distant past to all – you know, you're talking Pro Bowl level running backs right. with Marlon Mack and Philip Lindsay that are now right. Philip Lindsay got cut with, today. Now without a team, um, so it they're, they're, obviously we're at the initial 53 now. Right. Um, there's there's a lot of changes left to be made. Um, I mean, heck, Dallas only has one quarterback on its roster right, right exactly. now. Exactly. Um, so there's there's still a lot of changes to be to be made. A lot of changes that are going to happen before uh, before the final 53 really kicks off um, next week going into Thursday Night Football. But the the moves that have been made today and the last couple days, getting through the cuts, getting through the uh, initial 53, there, there's been some moves. Um, and like I said, I really thought Tony Jefferson was going to be the story of the day. I mean, he's a starting caliber safety, but that tells you how good – the Ravens feel about bringing in Marcus Williams and drafting most definitely uh, the kid out of Notre not, Dame. I mean, obviously, being in the AFC North, you you have to be known for your strong defense. Absolutely. Which obviously, the Steelers and the Ravens are both known for being the defensive I mean, player yeah. or defensive teams, like the creme de la creme of of defense. It usually resides in the AFC North. And to cut a guy like that, a starter, perennial starter. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it says a lot about what they think they have on their defense. Um, and her, if that team's good, that there's like a few teams in the NFL. If they're good, the NFL's good. I feel like if you have two, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, Baltimore are both, and Pittsburgh, are exactly, both, both qualify as those teams. If those teams are good, it's good for the NFL, right? It and having that quality of a player now jobless is. He won't be jobless long, obviously. And, and I, I don't feel that he could my, be. My initial thought whenever whenever they cut him is I think he stays in the NFC North, and I think the Bengals pair him with Jesse Bates. That And that's a terrifying safety duo. That's a very good prediction there. I, I was actually kind of thinking out there in Chicago, um, they're in need of some defensive help. Um, I mean, I see it, but I – I also have a Chicago's building. They but, are, but, but having I don't, that, I, I don't know that they make the move to try and take that step right now. I mean, I I know there's there's Justin Fields hype out there, but we both know how I feel about Justin Fields. Right. I I do not think he's definitely going to on be, opposite ends of the spectrum with that. Yeah, and and that that is one of our. One of our sticking points, um, I do not believe Justin Fields is going to be a top-flight quarterback. I, I, I think he's kind of run-of-the-mill. He, he's going to make some wild plays, but I don't know that he's going to be the guy in Chicago. Granted, to be the best quarterback in Chicago Bear history doesn't really take a whole lot. I mean, they've never, they've, they've never had a guy go for – 
4,000 yards. Right. It's been a pretty poverty-stricken franchise when it comes to quarterbacks. And I, I don't like where they're sitting at currently. Um, so, I, I like I said, I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum there. Not entirely sure what's going on in in Chicago. I feel like they do have the quarterback position right. Um, nothing else is right on that roster, obviously. I don't have high hopes for anything. I Well, the only other thing they have right on that roster is trying to get out of Chicago. Exactly. Ro- um, Roquan is a top five middle linebacker in the league. Most definitely. And, it's hard to argue that. And when you have, to me, it's like you have a leader on both sides of the ball. We've seen it last year. I, I thought I'd seen it anywhere where Justin Fields looked like a leader and everything else is in such disarray. You couldn't follow the guy because, oh, he's not making plays. He's running for his life. He's and running he's, for his and life. He's still he's, going to be doing it this year. That yeah, offensive line is oh, not it's, good. It's atrocious. I mean, that, that, that offensive line is like Chiefs, he, Chiefs against the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Oh, bad. It, it is bad. And that's their starting lineup. Yeah. Um, let's kind of pivot here. Uh, some of the big news. Russell Wilson signing a five-year, $245 million contract today. Obviously, big, big good news for the Broncos. At least you would think so from a Broncos fan perspective. Maybe not as an AFC West fan. Um, But it seems like the Broncos have their guy. Um, Maybe a shell of the once super elite, as I would describe him, Russell Wilson. Uh, what, What do you think about that today? I mean, that puts three of the top seven highest-paid quarterbacks in the league in the AFC West. Um, And obviously, Derek Carr is not terribly far behind. I would imagine his next extension is probably going to put him in that ballpark as well. I agree. That poor guy is so underrated when it comes to QB talks just because of the team he plays for. But, But, uh, no, I I mean, the AFC West is going to be good, and it's going to be good for football this year. I mean, you've got – you've got – four teams that are stacked that are all primed to make big playoff pushes uh and it's gonna get it's gonna get gritty towards the end i really think that um i think you're going to be looking at you know as i've as i've said to you as i've said several times before fourth place in the afc west afc west might have 11 wins that's that's very true that that division in football uh, I mean, for the last decade, it's been the NFC West is the best division in football. I mean, the way they play, everybody is so physical. Um, but the AFC West has never been not in that discussion. I think it's just by far um, they've I, taken I, leaps and bounds this offseason to same. become the toughest division in football. And I think with Seattle going into rebuild mode, um, I, I think that that cements. Right. Because, I mean, the Broncos – Coming in before the Wilson trade were probably the worst. The, the team Broncos in the and the Seahawks definitely it feels like they almost swapped positions in their respective yeah. divisions, and it it's definitely it's interesting. If we get the old Russell Wilson, uh, the actual let Russ cook, not not the last two seasons with the terrible saying of let Russ cook, but right. the actual letting Russell Wilson get out there, throw the football, be a football player. And could I, and be I, huge, and I think I think Nathan's going to really let let Russ kind of dictate how that offense flows. Are you going to say he's going to let him ride? No, no, we are we are not going to ride with Broncos country. Um, but no, I I think the Broncos locking down a, a a quarterback after how many years of just awful quarterback play, 
just on really good rosters. They're kind of them and the Chargers seem to be in the same place, except the Chargers always have a serviceable quarterback head coaches in question. And now I'm still not sure the head coach isn't in question. Brandon Staley's got to prove it to me. He he does. Um, So what else big this week? Um, Um, Let's stay out west. Um, it's it's not huge news, but it, I think it's it's news for teams that might have been looking for a quarterback. Um, that's Jimmy G staying in San Francisco for a well reduced salary of six and a half million. Right, he I was. Mean, it's it, it, he it was can get up set to fifteen. To make twenty nine million dollars this year with how his contract was structured. It yeah. was a very backloaded deal. Um, I feel like this was more of a move. I'm still not sure as a Niners fan. I love Jimmy. I, I'm not one of those Jimmy haters. You know this. He's got his downfalls. But when he stepped onto the field, the team won. The, the, the win-loss record literally indicates that he's a winner. Isn't, isn't Shanahan like 13-24 and 24 without him? Exactly. It's hard to sit here and say that, that's a bad quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback. He's more than serviceable. I understand, and I like the move to Trey. Um, I hope this doesn't hurt Trey's confidence. I feel this was purely a move to keep him from signing with Seattle. Oh, absolutely. I, I really do think that because Jimmy to Seattle at least makes makes Seattle a competent team. Um, I, I think we've more than proven that Geno's not going to be a starting quarterback in this league. Right. And Drew Locke not beating Geno out, I think, officially closes the door on the Missouri product being I, a starting I, I quarterback. I completely agree, which sucks. Uh I know you were a big fan of him. I, I don't know if you it was... were big. You were higher on him coming out than I was, and we kind of flipped. I, yes. I like his gunslinger man- mentality, but definitely getting uh, Jimmy GQ into that locker room. The guy's a leader. People play for Jimmy, even when he goes out and throws a, an interception. Look how the Forty ers would always bounce back from that. Yeah. It, if the only reason they didn't get to last year was because it was the final play of the game. His one mistake in the NFC Championship game lost the game, which is why they're pivoting off of him, and I totally understand. Um, but it that it scares me. I hope it doesn't destroy Trey's confidence. Trey seems to be excited about so it. I, I think I think Trey's going to look at this as kind of a uh, a Patrick Mahomes plus one situation, where you got the year behind the guy, but now if he goes into the huddle and he's flustered. He still gets to walk into a huddle, and Jimmy goes, "Hey, come here. Let's talk about it." Um, I, I think that's one more year because Trey was a project, and I, he, he still he is. is a project. And I think having having one more year of a quarterback that can be in his ear, that can be, I mean, Jimmy knows how to run the offense. Jimmy knows how to run a offense. I think Jimmy G was the perfect replacement for the first guy he was supposed to replace. Right. And and the way he plays and the style he plays, I think. That's just who he is. He's he's a winner. He's a lot like twelve in him in Tampa. Right. He just can't stay healthy. Yeah. That's his big. He makes a few more mistakes, and the poor guy's legs just literally fail him. Yeah. Ever since that week three game in Kansas City, his legs quite literally can't stay underneath him. And if it's not his legs, it's the one breakdown that the offensive line has seemed to have during a game, and it just gets him smoked, and his shoulder goes bad. Yeah. Um, but let's stick to the East here. Kind of want to pivot. There's a team in the NFC East kind of making moves. Um, Man, Philadelphia is trying to build a squad, isn't they? I, they are. People are – I think they're underestimating the Jalen Rager trade as well as the uh, Chauncey Gardner, Gardner. Yeah. Um, 
trade for a corner? I, th- I think adding that corner in to that team. I mean, the guy led the league in pass breakups last year. He's he's chirpy. He oh, he's very chirpy. I mean, he he got his own teammate to fight him in practice. Exactly. He's been punched by two Bears receivers in the same game. I mean, blindsided too. I mean, oh, just yeah, just well. I mean, uh, I don't remember which one it was. Tapped him on the shoulder, turned around, and he just socked him in the side of the helmet. I, I, I still never understand why you punch a football hel- player in the helmet. <laughs> that seems like a losing battle to me, but that's that's what happened. And he and he got it twice. In like what the same was game. great about it was he keeps his head on his shoulders. You punch him, and he just stands there and takes it. Yeah, I mean, and he, he he knows. He just waits for the flag. He's a he's more of a brains player than a physicality or football guy. Uh, he's a smart football player. He, he's. He's out there. I know what you're gonna do, but how can I get you off your game? And it's, I love it. I, what Philadelphia's done, they, they keep trending up. I'm not as high on them as everybody else, but they are definitely trending up. And I don't think Jalen Rager. I know he's been underwhelming to say the least. Um, but uh, so I, I think I don't know. I I feel like maybe he was becoming a little bit of a cancer in that locker room. Um, so I feel like Philadelphia moving off of him and sending him sending him to Minnesota, I, I feel like maybe they felt like, hey, we need to get away from you. You need to get away from us. Let's let's get you somewhere. I mean, he's teaming up with Justin Jefferson, the guy. I mean, the boy now gets to sit behind Thielen and Jefferson and go, hey, uh, y'all got any of them extra passes? Because old Kirky boy likes to throw the ball. And, That's and going to be a different offense. That's a Shanahan-style offense. Everybody calls it McVay because he coached under McVay. But McVay coached under both Shanahans. Yeah. That is a Shanahan offense. And if we remember about, what was it, six years ago, some some guy got uh, picked up as a head coach for San Francisco, and I thought Kirk Cousins was going to end up in Santa Clara. Um and now he's running the offense he should be running. The same one that made him a starting quarterback. I, I think getting, in getting that defensive quarterback or defensive head coach out of out of Minnesota Which is, is really going to help that team. Oh, most definitely. If they had a more off, if they had a Shanahan type offensive coordinator, where Mike Zimmer could just lean into the defense more, we've seen it when he got there. Oh yeah, absolutely. That that's roster has always been good and and now you now they've they've legitimately got a roster i think that can compete for the top of that division and i think they've they've get, they're gonna have an offensive system that can help push them over what green bay presents because green bay's offense is a question mark now i know they still have rogers but what do they have around him and i, I think you have to legitimately ask questions i'm sure they'll find a way to right. be a productive it, squad. It, it's hard to argue against that. It's it's so hard. But Minnesota's an interesting team right now. They are. They are. Um, some other quick hitters. Uh, we've got Tony Jefferson getting cut by the Ravens and signed by the Giants. Um, so Blake Martinez got cut today. I, I saw that Blake Martinez got cut, and that one was that one was shocking. I mean, at one point in time, I was. I was real high on him. I as, wonder if it was as, just a scheme fit more than anything. I you almost think it has to because I mean Blake didn't play bad. It hasn't ever played bad. I no. mean he's had some injuries, but I, when he hasn't he was ever with played bad. Green Bay, I thought he was one of the top linebackers in the league. Exactly, uh, top ten, and he goes to the Giants. Should be a difference maker, and 
it has to be a scheme fit. That's the only fit. thing I can think of. Yeah, that's all that makes sense. Um, O.J. Howard, after taking a visit to the Bengals, uh, changes ship after the Bengals get a, win a waiver claim and is now a Houston Texan, which I believe you know that helps Davis Mills out tremendously. If he can, if he can stay healthy and stay on the field and stay right. OJ's OJ's a real good tight end. That's another team that's kind of interesting this year. I I think that team could win some ball games. Um, Davis Mills is a lot better than he's better than that third round draft draft grade. That oh absolutely. Um, I mean I I think he showed it last year. He all the quarterbacks last year. Everybody talks about Mac Jones. I really think he probably showed the most promise. I do too. And it's hard to get a good read on a guy um, that didn't play most of the year. Um, like Trey Lance, even Justin Fields, he did end up starting most of the year. Mm-hmm. But he, he wasn't with the first-team offense. Obviously, Chicago's got nothing to offer him right now. Oh, absolutely not. Um, you got Zach Wilson. on. Hopefully, he gets out on the field soon. Um, but of all the quarterbacks taken last year, Davis Mills looked the best. I, I keep hearing people talk about Mac Jones. We've seen Mac Jones ceiling. Yeah, I, I think. And, and I, I don't know that Mills, I don't know that Mac Jones ever has a worse season than his rookie season. I just don't know that he ever has a better season. Um, I, I, I think that offense agree. is going to suffer tremendously this year, not having McDaniel's as the OC, um, and, and and Lord only know who's who knows who their OC is. But either way, currently it looks like it's either a defensive line guy or a special teams guy, and that just doesn't seem like a winning combination. It'd be one thing if uh, either one of those guys, when they were head coaches, did anything productive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if Joe Judge did nothing in New York. He made New York look awful. I mean, not that New York was good to begin with. Destined to be good, but, I mean, they looked awful. Um, And then Matt Patricia in Detroit, they had had one good year after the regime, regime change. And then his coaching, you literally seen it on the field. It was just everybody that had something to believe in that first year from the previous regime is now pivoting, and it just was bad. It was just bad. All right. And uh, the last the last quick one I want to hit on, um, I know this is we, – we've had conversations about this before. Um, the LaVisca Chenault trade to – uh, Carolina, I, I think for Carolina, I think it's a win. Um, for Jacksonville, I have some questions on it because it I, doesn't I, make a lot of sense from the Jacksonville standpoint. I don't know why, when your quarterback's starting to look better, your offense is starting to come together, why you trade away that one guy that you really have that's a that's a true gadget guy who can do a lot of different things for that offense. Um, I know Doug Peterson, he's not as gadgety as some of the new Shanahan systems and Andy Reid system. Right. But, I mean, he's still... But that's the way of the NFL, it seems like, anymore. You have to almost have a gadget guy. It's If you don't have one, then you're just running a traditional offense, it seems like, which isn't getting anywhere. Right. Um, but with, with Carolina, man, I think that, that gives you a receiving core of DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson... Terrence Marshall, LaVisca Chenault. Robbie Anderson and Terrence Marshall have been brought up in trade rumors that, the last two that's, days. That's exactly where I was headed. That makes me wonder what the future of Robbie Anderson looks like, knowing that maybe he doesn't truly believe in Baker, believe in Baker, enjoy I, Baker. I know um, he had to come out after the Baker trade and be like, hey, that's not what I meant. 
but, but that's we all think exactly that's what, he meant. what he meant. Exactly. Um, um, and, and and I think that's I, I think I think Robbie Anderson. I don't know that he gets moved before the season, but I could really see him being a, an in season move, an in season trade deadline target. I can, um, yeah. Especially one of the if, bigger especially names. if that team starts slow. If that team starts slow, I I really think they move off of Robbie because uh, I think they can oh, probably they could probably get it. Now by slow, do you mean like? Oh, oh, and three, oh, and four, or are you taking the win in Cleveland week one? Uh, no, I have them winning week one. Like, <laughs> I have them beating the absolute breaks off of the Browns in week one. Um, I don't know what the I don't know what the spread is, but I think I'm gonna take Jacksonville plus the points. Don't care. Um, but I I think that's uh, you mean Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. My bad. It's all right. Um, it's a, listening to us guys. You'll realize that we're talking so fast. We're just the pure love of the game. We forget what team we're actually talking about. We just – it's flowing. Um, both of us could be described as guys that can – or uh, freight trains that can be derailed by a BB gun. Absolutely. You'll notice uh, we can we can talk for days. Uh, we're going to have to go ahead and uh, kind of wrap this thing up for tonight. This is just a, a quick introduction to who we are and how the show's kind of going to want to run. Um, if you'd like to reach out to us, my name's Ryan. Austin's over there sitting across from me. We have our Twitter handles too fat to play Ryan and too fat to play Austin. We also have an email address. You can you guys can always reach out to us. It's too fat to play podcast at gmail.com. Guys, we really appreciate you joining us. We've had a good time. We hope to keep the good times rolling. I'd love to hear some feedback from you guys. Um, so let us know. Hit us up, like I said, on either one of our Twitters or uh, email us. Uh, Austin, if you want to go ahead and close us out tonight. All right, guys. As always, we're going to end this show one way and one way only. Take care, be kind to each other, and always remember, fuck, fuck the, the Cowboys. Cowboys.